0: I don't know if you know this, but this gospel has been proclaimed three times in the past two weeks. You take Holy Day of Obligation, Weekday Mass, and Sunday Mass, you have Immaculate Conception, Our Lady of Guadalupe, and the Fourth Sunday of Advent. So I have had to come up with three separate, distinct homilies in two weeks on the same gospel. You know how hard that is? That's tough. But I had this image that struck me uh, a few months ago, I had an echocardiogram. Uh, I don't know if you've had any of those. It's okay, I'm not gonna die. Um, I apparently have a slight irregular heartbeat, which I inherited from my mother. So thank you, mom, uh, for that. But it was amazing to see this machine work. I don't know if you've ever had one, but you literally can see your own heart. like. I was looking at the screen, and I could see my heart. I mean, I know I have a heart. Some of you might not think so, but I have a heart. and But I can't see it. But with that machine, I could literally watch blood flow in and out of my heart. My heart contract, relax, every little movement on it. It was fascinating. You guys don't look as... You haven't had one, wait till you have one It is cool, it's truly a modern marvel of science And I was thinking about that It kind of popped into my head Because faith is kind of like an ultrasound And what I mean by that is Faith, just like the ultrasound Allows you to see things That you believe to be there That you can't see But you know they're there Faith allows us to see differently. Now, we live in a world that is full of specialty, specialists and experts. Right? We have financial planners, we have doctors, we have surgeons, chefs, artists, whatever. We have specialists for everything. And I got to thinking, I was like, what is Jesus? What's his specialty, right? What's he an expert on? He's an expert on reality and humanity. Because he made Both of them. And just as you can only put certain fuels into certain machines to make them work right. And if you put the wrong fuel in the machine, you'll ruin it. So too with us. He came to show us what we need to be happy, healthy, and holy. And he wants to show us the truth of reality. And the truth is this, C.S. Lewis called this life the Shadowlands. I love that. That everything we see here, everything we experience here is a shadow of what is to come. So the love that you experience with your spouse or your children, that's a shadow, a glimpse of eternal love, which will be the reality when we move beyond this material world. And because it's the Shadowlands, Jesus wants us to give the gift of faith so that we can live and see properly in this life. Every week of Advent, we focus on a different person. The The fourth Sunday of Advent, every year, is dedicated to the same person. The Blessed Virgin Mary. Because she is the paradigm of faith. And Advent itself. The one who saw beyond this world time and time and time again. And so faith is a way of seeing, a way of knowing. It's a light that enables you to see what you normally can't see. I was at a <clears throat> dinner party the other, a couple nights ago in the Orleans. I was shocked. Everybody at this uh, dinner party had glasses. I don't know why I was shocked by that. But I mean, they either had contacts or glasses. Or the one guy didn't, but he had LASIK surgery. So that didn't count. And my eyes are like the best thing I got. I have like just crystal clear vision. I thank Jesus for that every day. But these... One guy's contact was really bothering him to the point where he had to take it out. And then I was, he was sitting across from me, and I was looking at him. He was kind of looking funny at me. And I'm like, why are you looking at me that way? And he's like, because I can't see you out of my left eye. He said, I can see like a shape, but I can't see you. And I think a lot of us, we have this sense inside of us. We, can see, we know there's something beyond this world we know that there's things that we are living in this material immaterial sort of world but we just can't quite see and that's what the gift of faith allows us to do so what is jesus trying to teach us today through the readings about faith i think three things number one there is more to reality than you and i see we live in a hyper scientific world right if you can't prove it and demonstrate it scientifically, it isn't there. It doesn't exist. And I want you to know right now that that claim is not a scientific claim. That's a philosophical claim. Science has no business making that claim. And on top of that, how do you, there's certain things you just can't empirically measure. Love. Where is the love microscope? Where's the, where is the empirical evidence for joy? If you live this life in a purely scientific, physical sort of paradigm, you are going to be bored and depressed. There is no wonder that depression is on the rise right now. If there is nothing more than this world, this world stinks. And it's terribly depressing. Because in the end we all die. For those though, for those that have the gift of faith as a buddy of mine said, we live in an enchanted world, an enchanted world, for example, I'm telling you right now, there are at least twice as many persons in this church that we can see because each and every one of you has an angel. Angels are real. That's what's sold to us in the gospel today. This story with Gabriel and Mary was not just some made-up thing. Guardian angels aren't just these made-up things so you can tell your kids, it's okay, you can go to bed now because your guardian angel is going to watch over you. They're real. There are beings around us that we cannot see. Or grace. Grace. Divine life. You can't see it. It's poured into our hearts through the sacraments, through our prayer lives. And it enables us to do things that we normally couldn't do. To overcome things we normally couldn't overcome. Miracles. Miracles are real. I had the opportunity, did you guys ever see the movie, The Rookie? Do you remember that? It was about a baseball player named Jim Morris. And he was like this crazy pitcher in, in college. And he had this terrible shoulder injury. And they said, you will never play again. When they did surgery on his shoulder, he just assumed that he was never going to play again. What actually ended up happening is, and they don't know how it happened, but the tendons healed in such a way that it made his shoulder stronger and he had more tension so he could actually throw faster after the surgery. I met this guy, he, we were down in Tampa Bay and I had to get, we were given a keynote at this big men's conference. He was one guy and I was another. And I talked to him, fascinating guy. He was a teacher, and his, his kids said, "If we make the playoffs," and they were a terrible team. Okay? He said, if "We make the playoffs in baseball, you have to try out for the major league." And he said, "Fine. Well, they end up making the playoffs." And he goes and tries out for the major leagues, and he makes it. He was doing an interview, and they said to him, they say, "How do you explain what happened with your shoulder?" And he said, "It's easy. It was a miracle. And the interviewer says what evidence do you have to prove that it was a miracle? And he said what evidence do you have to prove that it wasn't? And she shut up. These things are real. I one time I I had a student of mine I anointed him because he had to go under a huge surgery for his knee. He was a big runner and they thought he'd never run again. After the surgery, that he said When we got inside to do the surgery It was already healed And now only wasn't healed But it healed in such a way That he was faster These are what we call miracles There's more than meets the eye So what's number one? <laughs> Deacon? There's more than reality than the eye I just said it, yeah, it's good I was trying to help you out here. This is a hard job, man. Number two. Second, the primary actor in your life is God. And God acts in very hidden and strange ways. Fulton Sheen once said, divinity is where you least expect it. Who did he appear to today? Did he appear to Caesar's wife? Did he appear to the, the, the queen of Sheba, Did he appear to some royalty? No, he appeared to some no-name peasant girl in some no named town. And that changed the history of the world. And so when we look out here and we're like, why doesn't God change the government? Because God, God works in much more unexpected ways than that. And why? Because when it's done, you're gonna, you and I are going to sit back and say, okay, only he could have done that. Only he could have done that. Third and final, in all of God's creation, in everything that he's made, there is one thing he loves more than anything else. And it's us. And for us, to save us, to give us life eternal, and to rescue us, he became one of us. And he did it to save us from damnation, but ultimately to save us from ourselves. Because left to ourselves, we will destroy each other. These days of 2020 have been difficult days. The world's a mess. Our government's at war with itself. The world's imprisoned by fear. Many of us have lost loved ones. Mother, father, brother, sister, mom, dad. And I think what God is telling us today, on this fourth Sunday of Advent, before we enter into the great feast of Christmas, is get Out of the material world and look beyond it. There is so much more, and the amount of anxiety that is in the Christian people right now is troubling. And it's not—it's not coming because there's too many problems in the world. It's coming because God's people lack faith. They lack hope that He actually is going to have the final say. If there is anything that we need right now, it is the anchor of hope that all things are possible with God. The angel said that today, not just for fun, because he meant it. He meant it. And from Nazareth until now, God has been leading and guiding us home so that we will be with him forever. Have you ever been to a funeral that I preach? Almost every funeral, I tell the story of Frank Sinatra when he died. And Frank was no model Catholic for the record, but when he died... He had a song title put on his tombstone. And whenever I ask people, I say, what do you think Frank put on his tombstone? Everybody thinks I did it my way because that was Frank's anthem. But that's not what he put. You can go to New York and you can see it. It says the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And what we need right now is to look at all of this with the eyes of faith and realize we're not meant for this. We went for so much more than this. And that's why on Christmas, all of you kids, when you open your presents on the 24th or the 25th, be assured of this, you're going to want more next year. Nobody has ever got to Christmas and been like, oh, I don't ever need Christmas presents again. I got everything I've ever wanted. It reminds me of the little boy, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, the little kid, He opens all his presents, he's sitting there and he's just sad. And they're like, why are you sad? He got you everything you want." He's like, because I didn't get what I asked for. And they're like, what did you ask for? He's like, I don't know, but I didn't get it. <laughs> and that's us, man. That is us. We will always want more because we were made for more. And we know it. And so maybe this year, instead of asking our loved ones for all these gifts, let us go to the one who gives the greatest gift, his son, and ask the father for the great gift of faith. So that the mess we're living in, we can look at it and look beyond this world and realize that the best is yet to come.